0: Hi everyone, great to be with you again this week. If we haven't met before, my name's Philippa and I'm on team here at St Paul Shadwell. Now if you've been following with us for the last couple of weeks, you will know that following on from Easter, we've been looking at the appearances Jesus made after his resurrection to his disciples and to others. And looking ahead, sneak peek, in the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at Jesus' ascension into heaven Um, And the next week after that, we're going to be looking at Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit is poured out. Uh, You know, we've been going through this hectic, quick-paced set of events uh, following on from Jesus' resurrection. So for this week, I thought it might be helpful for us to take some time to briefly just dip out of the narrative we've been following through for us to take a bit of a breather, zoom out for a bit, And think about the big picture of this story that we find ourselves in. I want to take some time to jump back into the Old Testament, to the book of Joel, where we see prophecy about what we're coming on to speak about in the next few weeks. So why don't I pray for us? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here amongst us. And we ask that you would come and speak to us, encourage us and build us up as we come to your word. Amen. Now, I don't know what your experience is, but I didn't grow up in a very prophecy, word of pictures kind of a church. So when I first experienced that, when I first saw people publicly sharing pictures they felt God had given them, um, I was doubtful or I guess wary. I thought it was really weird, if I'm honest. I definitely believed God could speak to us, but um, why would he speak like that? It just seemed odd. Um, I remember as well my brother showing me something he'd made from a summer camp he'd been on where a faithful and obviously very patient youth worker had been trying to help her young people move in the prophetic and it was a picture of an umbrella that he had drawn and underneath it had the question what do you think God is saying to you through this picture? And his answer was great. It said this, I probably just made this up in my head. Um, And I think about that so often. How often is it that when we try to tune in to what God is saying to us, that's what it feels like? You know, our heads are full of this rush of a million different thoughts, to-do lists, the general noise of the day. So much so that anything which does pop up feels like another random thought just served up to us by our brains. And this can be our experience of prophecy, can't it? A whole bunch of confusing thoughts that we're just trying to sift through to get to the truth of who God is. When we look at the prophet Joel, though, we can see that he was using a whole load of pictures and words that he felt God had given him to share. Joel, um, in case you haven't looked at that book before, is one of the prophets of the Old Testament. Towards the back end of the Old Testament, you will find 17 books called the prophets. Five major and the rest minor prophets and it's this collection of quite odd uh, brilliant little pieces of prophetic writing from people who God had spoken to about the truth of who he is and what he was doing. Quite often we think of prophecy as uh, future telling but really when we think about prophecy in the context of the bible prophecy involves much more than just that. The prophets speak truth about who God is and who God has revealed himself to be. Um, the prophets call people back to God. They cry out for justice and they warn about God's coming judgment. And Joel is is a good example of that. He's no different from any of the others in that. Um, Joel is prophesying in the context of a swarm of locusts that has come through and ravaged the land in Jerusalem. And He's trying to interpret what's happened based on what he feels God has said and the truth of who God is. It's an amazing book. I'd encourage you to read it. And um, Word of warning, sometimes reading the prophets can feel a little bit uh, daunting and some of it can feel um, uncomfortable or a little bit too close to the bone. So, um, warning. But Joel describes this swarm of locusts with these pictures. He says they're like a nation that has invaded my land, a mighty army without number. It has the teeth of a lion, the fangs of a lioness. Um, It's laid waste my vines and ruined my fig trees. It's stripped off their bark and thrown it away. Grain offerings and drink offerings are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests are in mourning. Joel is describing a time probably around the 9th century BC, although we don't really know, where the country has been ravaged by something which has swept through without warning. It's caused devastation across the country. Worship gatherings have ceased. Uh, People are without work. Some are without food. He even says, surely the people's joy is withered away. It speaks pretty well to the time that we're currently living in, But it also shows us that God has always spoken in the way I was talking about, using these pictures and these images that are vivid and descriptive. But maybe we can relate to and grab hold of. Um, They're quite bold and uh, vivid, so we can grab hold of them and understand them, Um, albeit some of them being very strange and a bit out of nowhere. Um, Thankfully, Joel's prophecy doesn't end there, and he continues with his prophecy in chapter 2, talking about the Lord's abundance, that where the crops have been ravaged by the locusts, they will be fruitful again. And he says this, you will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord God, who has worked wonders for you. But Joel is predicting more than the abundance of fruit and crops for the people of Jerusalem. He's prophesying An abundance of God's spirit. And this is where we turn to the scripture that I wanted to look at today. Uh, It says this in Joel chapter 2. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's an amazing scripture. Isn't it to think that it was spoken thousands and thousands of years before now, before even Jesus walked the earth? That amazing day that Joel is talking about, where the Spirit is poured out on everyone, where everyone can prophesy, dream dreams, and see vision, that's the day which began at Pentecost and has continued ever since. We're living in that day now. It's not a day we need to hope for or look forward to. It's a description of the life of the church at its very best. We are those sons and daughters. And we can access that prophetic, spirit-filled life that Joel predicted millennia before. So what does all this tell us? Why am I talking about it now? How does it relate to anything we've been doing so far? Well, I want to I say to us that um, this prophecy... And the hundreds of others that we can find in the Old Testament show us that Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, was not plan B. Jesus was not God's plan B. God didn't have to quickly rustle up an idea when he saw that it was all going to pot on earth. He wasn't scrubbing around for a plan to try and redeem humanity. The whole plan of this time of abundance where God will send his spirit and his people will be able to speak the truth about who he is with authority was predicted thousands of years before. It's always been who God is. When we think of who God is, we can look to Jesus. When we're asking about the nature of God, how does God act? How does he behave? Who does he reach out to? How does he address us and speak to us? We find all of this in Jesus. Jesus even says to his disciples, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. We can know the fullness of God when we see Jesus in his life, death and resurrection. And when we receive the spirit of God as he's been given to us. And that spirit isn't an afterthought. But the gift of the Spirit is what Jesus meant when he said, And surely I will be with you to the end of the age. In Matthew, in the reading we had last week, as he commissioned the disciples, like Mark was speaking about to us, the Holy Spirit is the very presence of God with us. He is an amazing gift, which means we can move in the fullness of who God is and experience his presence and power in our own lives so Jesus was not plan B the second thing that this prophecy can tell us is that the church was not God's plan B like I said the Holy Spirit was not an afterthought that same spirit which we read about hovering over the waters in creation in Genesis is the spirit which fills us, enabling us to dream dreams, see visions and prophesy the same power that brought Jesus back to life lived in us by the Holy Spirit as we choose to follow him. That abundant power which was prophesied by Joel thousands of years ago. And the incredible thing about this is that we get to join in with it. When Joel said, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions... He's talking about us. It is us he's talking about. That's the beginnings of the church, especially in this time. The church, us, we have the privilege of being a prophetic voice to the world. Um, Sometimes the church has this reputation, doesn't it, of being behind the times or struggling to catch up with modern life and new ways of doing things. But in this time, We have a unique opportunity to be a completely contemporary voice by speaking prophetically to one another and to the world about the truth of who God is. I wonder what that looks like practically for us. I think we have a real opportunity right now to grow in prophetic prayer. And I want to encourage you that I really believe God saw this coming. I don't think that COVID took God by surprise. And I really believe and I'm hopeful that God has been preparing his church for such a time as this. And now is the time for us to step in and choose to grow in our relationship with him as we learn better to hear his voice and to follow him, as Mark was reminding us last week. So I have some really practical suggestions for how each of us could take on the challenge of growing in the prophetic. Hearing God speak the truth about who he is to us and using that to proclaim to the world. Uh, Prophecy is a massive topic and it's something we'll talk about again. Um, So I'm just going to give us a few practical tips to get us started. I wonder, have you been having strange dreams? Lots of people have said that since lockdown, uh, their dreams are more vivid, their dreams are weirder and their dreams are more memorable So my thought is why don't we ask God to use that? Um, Ask God, challenge him, ask him to speak to you in your dreams, to show you who he is, um, to give you pictures of encouragement to share with other people. Um, This hasn't happened lots to me before, but it did happen a couple of weeks ago and I won't lie. It does feel a bit weird to say to someone, hey, I had a dream about you. but push in because those things are worth sharing and can help us to build one another up. Or maybe you've been having random pictures of people or places pop into your head, um, totally out of context whilst you're sucking the dishwasher or trying to work, or maybe you've been drifting off into daydreams about um, random things. I'd encourage you to push into that. Um, what would happen if every time something like that happened, um, You ask God to show you more of what he's saying. The worst that could happen is nothing and the thought was just a random one. But the best thing that could happen is that you could see something. God could show you further a picture or a scripture and you could share it with someone to bring them encouragement or pray into it for them on their behalf. It's an amazing and easy way to build each other up in love right now. Um, Another experience I've been having is the same idea or the same scripture popping up just all over the place. Like whenever I watch anything or read anything or listen to anything, it's there. Almost like God is giving me as many opportunities as it takes to actually listen to what he's saying and take it seriously. I want to encourage you to try and notice those patterns, try and notice those things as they happen and take time to reflect on them. And if you don't know what something means... Um, You can ask God to show you more, to help you to understand. Um, Often I find he uses a picture which I only sort of half see or understand, and he uses that to draw me into conversation with him, to draw me close to him again, as I ask him to show me more and help me grasp what he's trying to say to me. This stuff might sound really odd and weird to you, or it might sound obvious, Wherever you're at, I want to encourage us that growing in the prophetic is not about sitting down and trying really hard to conjure something really profound up. Um, It can just be about using the thoughts, the distractions, the songs or whatever um, that already run through our heads and just tuning into them to see if God is speaking. A quick practical word on sharing prophecy with others. This is an amazing gift that God has given us to build one another up. Um, But always test it first. Um, Ask yourself, is this something which will encourage this person or challenge them in a loving way? Does it fit with who we understand God to be from scripture? Great. Share it in love. Pray for the other person. Let's be bold in that. Um, But I just want to say it's always best to avoid sharing words with other people about marriage, about babies or about uh, death. Even if you are super, super sure that God has spoken to you, there is always potential for human error with these things. And often those are particularly topics that can cause people more pain than encouragement. In Ephesians, Paul prays this for the church. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And that's my prayer. And as a team, it's our prayer for St Paul Shadwell, um, but also for the national and global church right now, that we would know and understand how much power God has handed over to us, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And this power gives us authority to hear from God And to speak the truth about who he is and what he's doing, to build one another up in love and also to speak prophetically to the world. The same God who spoke to the prophet Joel fills us with his power by his spirit so that we are the ones who fulfill that prophecy by prophesying to the world about how great, good and powerful our God is. It's the most exciting thing to be part of in the world So why don't I pray for us? Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would would challenge us, you would empower us, and that you would fill us. Help us to trust you as we come to you to hear your voice. And Lord, help us to know who you are and to speak the truth about that to, to one another, to build each other up and help us to speak prophetically to the world at this time.